Hello once again everyone. Welcome to Finney's Pod. I'm your humble, humble host, Matthew Finnamore. Today we talk throwing fist, fights, carfuffles, Donnie Brooks, getting down and dusty, throwing hands, sliding somebody pimp slapping someone we talked that a couple other things but remember guys as always to subscribe to this podcast to rate the podcast review it five stars only good reviews only and then i need you to go back and unsubscribe and then resubscribe and re-rate re-review share this podcast with someone If there's nothing else you do, share this podcast with one person. Every time an episode comes out, send it to somebody. Say, hey, this is my buddy Finney's podcast. Check it out. Give him a a try. He's he's a little weird. He does things a little different. But, hey, I don't have no corporate to come to or anything. So give it a shout. I've also – we'll be taking messages. For this podcast so if you want to leave me a message you know make a hot take uh leave a question for me to answer something like that i'll be more than happy to uh so let's get into it all right so let's talk real quick about everybody's favorite thing and that's two dudes throwing hands at each other or sliding each other or Exchanging haymakers, uh, getting down and dusty. I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of other ways to say it. But uh, if you missed it, we actually had a, a little brawl in the NFL this week. And it was, you know, probably one of the better one-on-ones you're going to see in the NFL because these guys have pads and helmets and there's usually – you know, a bunch of dudes around to stop the fight. But uh, the Saints defensive back, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, he – and it wasn't it wasn't too obvious at first, but he started the scuffle because he poked his finger inside of the Bears wide receiver, Anthony Miller, inside of his face mask. And he said he was trying to pull his mouthpiece out, I guess just being annoying was what he was doing, but – he did that, and, you know, they kind of exchanged some words, and things were calm. And then uh, there went a whole nother play, and then the next play, Wims for the Bears came out and kind of walked up to uh, Lattimore and said something and then pushed his face mask real hard and stepped back, you know, and got his fist ready like they were fixing to throw down. And uh, the Saints defensive back just kind of stood there and looked at him. So, Williams threw another one at him and connected pretty hard and hit him. And then they finally started the dust up and everything and started going at each other. Uh, And then, it, you know, it kind of just got in a pile in there and, Ended up the Bears guy was the only one that got thrown out. Uh, but you know he got a he got a couple good little 
little punches in on him, and then they started going after it. And it, it was kind of impressive to see the Saints defensive back just kind of stand there and just took it. And the first one, I, I don't know if it just shook him and just took him so off guard that, you know, he didn't know what to do or if maybe he had the presence of mind to know, okay, this dude just pushed my helmet like that. He's getting thrown out. If I just stand here and don't retaliate, I won't get thrown out too. And that's that's what happened. He didn't get thrown out. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to blame him when you're taking punches like that for defending yourself. But if he would have just started punching back right away, he would have got thrown out too. I mean, that's just what would have happened. Uh, so he didn't. But they went after it, like I said, for a little bit. And, of course, you know, all the team started getting in there and breaking it up. And uh, you didn't get to see much more of a fight after that. But And that made me think of something that I've always wanted in pro sports. Something that I think would be great for entertainment because that's what pro sports is is entertainment yeah we're fans of our teams we want them to win and do good but the worry of the leagues are to make their product entertaining so they can get the television dollars and to get the television dollars it has to be entertaining so that way the tv networks will pay for the rights to play those games They'll still pay for them to a certain extent, but if the product ceases to be entertaining, uh, i.e. baseball, it's gonna you know gonna go down and down, and the television dollars are just gonna get smaller and smaller. So that's what they're aiming for is to be entertaining. Well, if you ever watch hockey, if you've ever been to a hockey game, if if you're from Lubbock and when we had the Cotton Kings here. Uh, and how great those teams were, or if you're go see the Dallas Stars, or if you just watch it on TV. What's the one thing you're rooting for the whole time, especially if you're not a big fan of either team, if you're just watching it? What are you just wanting to happen so bad? Exactly, a fight. You want to see, you go to a fight and a hockey game breaks out. I mean, you're going to the hockey game wanting to see two, three fights. I mean, that's that's just what you want to see. And the, I've, the Cotton Kings were – you could count on those dudes for that crap. Like, they, they would get down with the getting down. They were not scared. So, if that's one of the best things about hockey, and you just love that because the two dudes, they can get pissed off at each other. They can square off, they can exchange a couple FUs and just throw hands, and the first guy to fall, that's when the fight ends. That's that's the unwritten rule of when someone falls, you stand up, and that, that's the purest damn form of fighting. There's nothing more I hate in a street fight when a dude tries to start wrestling you or something, or wants to start tackling because he doesn't have the hand skills. He's, and this is coming from a smaller guy. The guy's bigger or whatever it is. No, let's, let's go. Let's throw hands. And hockey does that. You throw hands, first guy to fall, fight's over. You go to the penalty box and the game moves on. How amazing would it be if 
I think I think the best example is in baseball. If Clayton Kershaw throws a 94 mile an hour fastball at I don't know, let's let's say he throws a, a fastball at, at any of the Houston guys and they decide to charge the mound. Now, normally in baseball, what happens when a dude charges the mound like that? Not really a damn thing. I mean, if he gets to him quick enough and tackles him, or maybe they get to each other and throw a couple punches, uh, that makes me think of the Rangers fight. Uh, what was it? Two, three years ago with Jose Bautista and... Uh, You'll have to, audience, you'll have to help me out on this one. I'm I'm doing this on the fly right here, but the Rangers player, they got they got a couple good uh, punches on each other, and that, that was a good fight. But usually when a batter charges the mound, they might get a couple punches in, maybe. Usually they just get to each other, and then both teams are rushing in there, and it's just a bunch of grab-assing and pulling people off of each other and guys acting – real tough and everything but it's easy to act real tough when you got 27 guys around you Rudan Odor that's the name I'm thinking of got it uh, my thinking skills worked but what if just just bear with me here what if when a player got hit let's let's say in baseball you got Clayton Kershaw up against the Astros. We know they hate each other. There's there's no love lost in between any of them. And let's say he decides to bean one of the batters. Throws a fastball at him. Now, usually if that batter decides to charge the mound, the, all the players get to him, like I said. What if instead, and I, th I think the way that baseball can make this work maybe, is if they instituted a rule that said anyone that gets involved in an altercation on the field will be removed from the game or face a four-inning suspension, whatever the case may be, whatever they decide is fair. Let's say they do that. So this would tell you that if the teams clear the benches and get involved, they're all getting suspended. Or they're all ejected from the game. Or whoever's out there is ejected from the game. So instead, now the two players just go at it. And, you know, maybe they figure out the same thing. Like, if you know, if you if it hits the dirt, then the fight's over. You know, the umpires jump in there and break it up. Or whatever the case may be. But the other players can't get involved. Just the two players go at it. How freaking amazing would that be? To just when there's no love lost, and that's, you know, one of the things that people complain about baseball is hitting batters with a pitch. So what if they could just go at it and get it out of their systems because, you know, men, they fight and move on and that's it. What if they could just go at it and... They're the, and they could actually, you know, without the teams all rushing out there and break it up, would that not be the most entertaining shit in all of sports? You would just 
it, they're, the numbers would skyrocket on teams that hated each other because you would just be praying for someone to get hit with a fastball or for someone to take a dirty slide on a double play. And then now you've got the runner going into second and the shortstop just throwing dukes at each other. Just a regular old carfuffle out on second base. How freaking amazing would that be? Or take take basketball and, you know, it's in the regular season and, you know, LeBron is just tired of hearing how Los Angeles is Kawhi City and Kawhi might be the best player in the NBA and he's coming for his throne and blah, blah, blah. And they go hard fouls into each other, and LeBron just sticks that dude right in the teeth. LeBron would never do that, but, I mean, that would just be, like, the ultimate, like, the possibility of LeBron and Kawhi throwing hands on the basketball court and no one being able to get it in the middle of it. Like, you just have a fight right then and there. Would that, would that not just be great sports? Just the potential of a you just you would root for it and everything. Football could be just like hockey. Throw your helmets off, and then just go after it. You know, on each other. Like it's common knowledge that you take the helmet off. You know, in hockey they take the helmets off, they take the gloves off, so it's just straight fisticuffs at each other. And football is the same way. You throw your helmet off, take your mouthpiece out. And it's just mano y mano, just just going after it. I mean, that that's that's entertainment. That's what these leagues are selling, right? Is entertainment? Are you not entertained? They want us to be entertained. That that was it. I'm sorry that I I couldn't resist it. That was a terrible movie reference. It was even a worse impression by me. Was it good? I. I'm embarrassed that I even tried that, but hey, Finney's pod. But I, and I don't know in political correctness, 2020 or feelings getting hurt, you know, think of the children, if, if it could ever, ever happen. But it's one of those things that if, if I had this, you know, mythical genie, that grant me wishes, but my wishes could only be to have private, honest conversations with people. One of my wishes would be to have a private, honest conversation with the commissioner of baseball or, you know, the commissioner of the NFL or one of those guys and just have an honest conversation about, okay, let's forget optics. What do you think about letting your players fight when they get into it? Not the rest of the teams can't get into it and break it up. It's just a rule that when two dudes go at it, they just go at it. And when it's done, it's done. We move on with the game. I'd like to see, because I think that would be the hangup, would be the optics and, you know, people saying you can't just let people fight. And, you know, what's hockey gets away with it because that's the way they've always done it. And, you just got to be a maniac to play hockey anyways, which I would probably say you've got to be an equal maniac to play football. 
I mean, because that's your – yeah, you might lose some teeth in hockey and that puck's flying at you at thousands of miles an hour and it's a hard rubber thing. But in football, you've got a 300-pounder flying 20 miles an hour at you wanting to take your head off. So I'd say you've got to be equally crazy in football. We're just more okay with it. But I'd like to have an honest conversation with one of those commissioners and just see what they actually thought. Like, if that's actually they think it's a good idea, if it would be more entertaining, if it would benefit their product, if it's something that they think could work, if it's something that the players would be okay with, all that stuff. One of my other conversations that I would get my mythical genie that only grants wishes to have private conversations with people would be to have a conversation with LBJ and ask him if he actually believes half the shit he says. Cause I, I don't, I don't think he does. I think he just says shit because he's a, a strong popular black figure in America. And there's certain things that he has to say that he can't go against the grain and, you know, be like Charles Barkley and be called an uncle Tom. And, you know, he's got to stand up and, and, don't get me don't get my words mixed up he does a lot of good things and his school and you know telling people to vote and all that is is good no matter what side you're on you know people america voting gives us a better representation of what america needs and wants having schools for people less fortunate than others is a good thing no matter what political party you belong to but I think a lot of the sh stuff he says is out of public pressure and feeling like that's the side he has to be on. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he truly believes everything he says. But I'd like to have an honest conversation about that. And and for my third and final wish, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what my third and final wish is. I, I might have to come back on that one. But fights fights should definitely be something that's loud in sports it's how men move past their differences if you're a, if you're a manly man you get into a carfuffle you get into a good old donnie brook and you move on i mean that's just it is it is what it is i now the WNBA softball, you know, maybe they never never move past it with a good old with a good old girl fight, but uh, maybe they do. I don't know, but I I definitely know it'd be more entertaining to have just to go to a baseball game and a couple fights break out. I don't I don't think you're gonna find a whole lot of people that won't say that that's not more entertaining. All right, and the last thing I want to talk about on this episode today is as much as I don't want to and a couple of these things nobody wants to right now, but I guess we got to do it, is my just miserability as a sports fan right now. Uh, I don't think it's any secret where my loyalties lie. As far as my fandom, I live 
just outside of Lubbock, Texas. So I'm saddled with the Red Raiders like everybody else. Uh, and being in Texas, I'm also a Cowboys fan, unfortunately. And like I said, we're from Lubbock, so everyone's kind of, I think, secondarily a Chiefs fan. But right now, that might might be more like primarily a Chiefs fan and secondarily a Cowboys fan. Uh, I'm not a Rangers fan, though. That'd be pretty reliable to be miserable. I'm a Red Sox fan, and that was miserable this year. I, the the Red Sox, uh, they couldn't they couldn't strike out a little eager. Their pitching was just nowhere. We could hit okay from time to time, but the Red Sox couldn't strike out my grandma. I mean, they just are only ace, really good pitcher, didn't even get to play this year, and then we just got a whole lot of nothing behind him. So we're just throwing out a whole lot of nothing every game. We got rid of everybody. Uh, I don't know if they didn't want to compete this year. I know the whole sending Mookie Betts to Los Angeles was a contract thing of how much they were willing to pay and uh, financial structure and all that. But we let our best player go. We didn't get to use our best pitcher all year. We don't have anyone else that's on the level of Mookie Betts. And I just, I don't know. They've, I hope they've got something up their sleeve. That's all I'm holding on to because I started as a Red Sox fan the year that they came back on the Yankees and no one had ever done it and then dusted the Cardinals in the World Series. And it's just been a championship every few years. From there on out. And they had a miserable existence before. But I didn't have to live through all that. And I don't want the Red Sox. To go back to that purgatory. This new ownership. Is a little different. And they spend some money. And then don't want to spend money. They go back and forth. But we'll see. But our other miserable existence. Cowboys right now. They. Uh, there's just not enough words to be said. The the thing, though, I'm starting to hear a lot of people calling for the job of Kellen Moore. And uh, people, which Cowboy fans, for the most part, are irrational as a whole. That they were, you know, calling for the head of Mike McCarthy, you know, two weeks in because we were – I mean, we were – the Cowboys – if you're a Texas Tech fan, that just looked all too familiar the first five weeks. As we could score 35 points pretty much guaranteed every game, but when you can't hold the other team to under 40, you're not going to do a whole lot. And that was our problem. And now we can't do nothing but kick field goals. And Kellen Moore being a, what is he, in his third year now? or second year as an offensive coordinator, isn't getting the leeway of going from an all-pro MVP candidate caliber quarterback 
to a guy that was cast off from his own team and then to a guy that has never played that I guarantee almost everybody in this audience listening to this right now didn't even know who the third string quarterback is. And now it looks like the Cowboys are going away from even the third string and we're going to maybe our fourth or fifth string. And the only reason I knew who one of those guys was Cooper Rush was because he's already been with the organization for a little bit. And so I've heard his name before. So we went from having the best offense in the league to can't do nothing but kick a field goal. And we're already firing Kellen Moore. I don't, I don't really understand that one when our offense was fine that our offense put us in place to win every single one of those games. Most of the time when you score 35 plus in an NFL game, you, your probability to win is high. It was the defense. So I don't know why we're firing Kellen Moore and not firing our defensive coordinator that's been in the league for eons and doesn't have a whole lot to show for it. That's that's what I don't understand, and that's the irrationality of Cowboys fans that I was talking about, is we expect so much immediately and aren't patient. But I don't know why we're there, because what do we have to show for anything since uh, since the turn of the century? Uh, what well, we have a, a playoff win or two this century, and and what? And I maybe you know maybe this is what we need is a, a tanking year. You know I I say to hell with it. Let's not win another damn game. What's the point if we don't have Dak out there? Can't even have our second string quarterback out there because he has COVID now. Then then what's the point? Let's get a high draft pick. And it's not going to be a quarterback. I see all these people saying it's time to move off from Dak. You know, if, if they get a top five pick, maybe they can, you know, move up to get Trevor Lawrence or maybe Justin Fields will still be available depending on where we pick. Stop it. Dak. Prescott was on pace to break offensive quarterback records this year. He was going to be an MVP candidate. Him and if he kept playing, him and Russell Wilson would be the top MVP candidates right now. And because we didn't win those games because of the defense that he has no control over, can't stop anybody, we're going to move on to quarterbacks that haven't proven anything in the NFL that it's it's impossible to know when someone's going to be what what they what they end up being from college to NFL I mean you just you just don't know hell there's teams that have NFL quarterbacks that don't know what they're going to be we don't we still have no clue if Derek Carr is any good we don't have any damn clue if Kirk Cousins is good or not. But yet, we didn't win a few games, so we're going to move on from Dak Prescott to a quarterback that seems good in college, but who knows what he's going to be in the NFL. I don't, I don't buy that. 
I I don't I don't I think it's I think it's just fandom at its finest of just you know wanting thinking because something didn't work out this week that we've got to change everything and and I don't know the Cowboys got to change something because like I said we've got nothing to show for anything this century but uh, but the Cowboys are always extremely close that's why I say maybe this this year of losing our quarterback and having a new head coach and still a very young offensive coordinator, maybe us getting smacked in the mouth, losing every game, having to try to figure out different ways to win, you know, pulling tricks out of our ass, and then finally getting a high draft pick because we don't ever get a high draft pick either. Maybe, maybe it's exactly what we need and maybe – the the motto of the Dallas Cowboys is there's always next year or we'll be better next year. Wait, wait till next year. You'll see. That's that's the Dallas Cowboys motto in a nutshell right there. And the last. My miserable fan existence. Is your Lubbock Raiders. I, you know. We're pretty used to this at this point. Like I said about the Cowboys being the Texas Tech of the NFL is we can score with almost anybody, but we can't ever stop anybody. And I, I think at this point, as Red Raiders fans, we've learned to live with it. We've learned to accept it. I don't know if we've learned to love it, but it's like a it's like a child that does something that you don't necessarily approve of. Maybe you don't like it. But you still love them. You wish you maybe wish it would, could be different, but you're not going to turn on them just because it's not. That's that's the Raiders. We'll, yeah, we'd like them to, you know, be like Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. We'd we'd like we'd love to have a top-ranking offense and a top-ranking defense, but that's just not that's just not Texas Tech. We've got to hope to score 50 and hope to keep the other team to 49. The problem is, is when we can't score 50. Now, we finally moved on from our quarterback and went to Columbia that not a whole lot of us know anything about. And it looked promising. Started the Oklahoma game. You know, he's moving and grooving, and then he hits his receiver on a digger out in the chest, and it bounces up, and Oklahoma takes it and has super short field to score, ties it up. You know, that's that's okay because we were moving. We were doing good. We, were, we had a lead. We did it to ourselves, and then we do it to ourselves again, and – Columbia had several balls that were either hit his receivers in the chest or maybe just behind them. But when you start getting up to NCAA, and especially if you're in an air raid system like this or the pros and your receiver, if, if the ball hits you in the chest or is just slightly behind you, if you can get two hands on it is the rule of thumb. If you're able to get two hands on it, you got to catch the ball. Uh, it's just 
that's just the way it is. If there's no excuse when you're that talented for it to be a two-hand, two-handed catch that you don't make that catch. And Matt Wells, this this is an interesting year because depending on how the rest of the year goes, if, if we don't kind of show something, you may start hearing a lot of calls for, for his job. And whether that's fair or not, I don't know. It's – I just – I I think our team lacks a lot of motivation. I don't ever see – Matt Wells getting on anybody's ass ever. I don't, I don't see, and I know in the year of our law, our Lord 2020, you don't see a whole lot of coaches grabbing face masks and screaming and spitting, you know, giving a come to Jesus talk to players anymore. It's not, it's few and far between, but you still should see the, the clapping in their face and you can tell that they're screaming and, Every now and you just don't see that of Matt Wells. It's always it's all right, you know. He's he's a good player. He's just gotta just gotta improve. He's just gotta make that catch. Blah blah. blah. And you you see a lot of a lot of clapping on the sideline, and you know that's that was Jason Garrett right there. And how much did Cowboys fan hate that that just clapping and smacking on his gum? And that's I'm seeing his twin on the Texas Tech sideline. I I need my football coach to light a fire under somebody's ass and get them motivated. And that's what that's what I saw in the Oklahoma game is we made a couple mistakes and now well shit, we're done. We're we're not gonna be able to come back from this. And I, I don't I don't see that's that's the coach's job. When you get to guys that are that talented, yeah in the NCAA you kinda gotta coordinate and lead guys in the right direction and it's a little bit different than pro football where you know I don't if if you saw this the end of that Steelers game Steelers and the Ravens where the Steelers won right at the end they literally told Ben Ben was just drawing up plays in the huddle like he's in the backyard like all right you do this kind of crossing route and you do this slant and you do this and Pro football players can do that. NCAA players, you got some that can, some that still need some teaching. But for the most part, coach's job is motivation and to keep people on task and to keep them focused and to fine-tune them, to amplify their athletic capabilities. And that's the problem that I have with this coaching staff and with Matt Wells is I, I just don't see any of that. You know, he he had back and forth at Utah State and showed a lot of improvement there. And, you know, maybe give him another year, give him, you know, maybe this quarterback, you know, because we haven't had we haven't had a consistent quarterback because our guy keeps getting hurt. And but we also haven't had great quarterback play like we come to expect at Texas Tech. And and that's you got to give him some slack there. But I, I just I just don't see the motivator. And if he's not a motivator like that on the sideline, you gotta think he's not motivating people in recruiting to come to us. Cause you, you gotta be a salesman when it comes to getting the guys that you want. You gotta you gotta get him fired up about being a Red Raider. And if he can't get his own sideline fired up, 
how, how's he getting recruits fired up to come here? And that that's gonna that's gonna be a problem. If you can't get the guys you want, you cannot succeed. There's a reason Clemson and Alabama kick everybody's ass year after year after year because look how many guys they're sending to the NFL. It's not because of coaching, because they're lifting all these guys up. These are top prospects already. Or, you know, they've got a good eye for some. But for the most part, a lot of these guys are already said to be potential NFL recruits. And that's how they stay so good because when you have talent, a lot of times will buy you wins. And then coaching will help you in the close games or just, you know, another worldly talent will win you some. But we got to get the recruits. We got to we got to figure out how to get them here. And, and, and like I've said over and over is if Matt Wells can't fire up his sideline, how's he firing up recruits? That that's what I don't trust more than the on-field strategy and calling plays and what have you is is the motivational factor. But like I said, we're used to it as Texas Tech fans. We're we exist to get in the way sometimes, and maybe if we can just get in the way of a few games, surprise some people. You know, maybe it'll leave a good taste in our mouth and some good stuff to come and the Cowboys I have no doubt we get our quarterback back next year it's going to be an entirely different story we'll have a high draft pick who knows what that'll turn into it damn well be a defender maybe we trade make a trade somewhere here and there my Red Sox I they just better have something up their sleeve that's that's all I can hope for But as always, guys, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Share Finney's pod with somebody today. Be safe out there. And as always, rate, subscribe, review. We'll see you next week.